This is day nine of our daily Bible reading. We'll be completing Genesis chapters 33 through 36 and Psalm chapter 9. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being ever-present in our lives, for being close, even though often our backs are turned to you, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness, for your compassion, and your long-suffering with our foolishness. We are not worthy of this, and it is humbling to think about. Lord, help us to humble our hearts constantly in your presence, that we may set aside our egos, and that we may spend our time focusing on your instruction and what you have commanded us to do. As we enter into your word today, please bless this time. Allow it to be quiet. Allow our souls to be receptive to your commands. In Jesus' name, amen. Then Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau was coming, and four hundred men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two maids. He put the maids and their children in front, and Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph last. But he himself passed on ahead of them and bowed down to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. He lifted his eyes and saw the women and the children, and said, Who are these with you? So he said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maids came near with their children, and they bowed down. Leah likewise came near with her children, and they bowed down. And afterward, Joseph came near with Rachel, and they bowed down. And he said, What do you mean by all this company which I have met? And he said, To find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have plenty, my brother. Let what you have be your own. Jacob said, No, please. If now I have found favor in your sight, then take my present from my hand. For I see your face as one sees the face of God, and you have received me favorably. Please take my gift, which has been brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have plenty. Thus he urged him, and he took it. Then Esau said, Let us take our journey and go, and I will go before you. But he said to him, My Lord knows that the children are frail, and that the flocks and herds which are nursing are a care to me. And if they are driven hard one day, all the flocks will die. Please let my Lord pass on before his servant, and I will proceed at my leisure, according to the pace of the cattle that are before me, and according to the pace of the children, until I come to my Lord at Seir. Esau said, Please let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, What need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. Jacob journeyed to Succoth, and built for himself a house, and made booths for his livestock. Therefore the place is named Succoth. Now Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, when he came from Padan Aram, and camped before the city. He bought the piece of land where he had pitched his tent 
from the hand of the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, for one hundred pieces of money. Then he erected there an altar and called it El Elohe Israel. Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to visit the daughters of the land. When Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, the prince of the land, saw her, he took her and lay with her by force. He was deeply attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the girl and spoke tenderly to her. So Shechem spoke to his father Hamor, saying, Get me this young girl for a wife. Now Jacob heard that they had defiled Dinah, his daughter, but his sons were with his livestock in the field. So Jacob kept silent until they came in. Then Hamor, the son of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. Now the sons of Jacob came in from the field when they heard it, and the men were grieved, and they were very angry because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, for such a thing ought not to be done. But Hamor spoke with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him in marriage. Intermarry with us. Give your daughters to us, and take our daughters for yourselves. Thus you shall live with us, and the land shall be open before you. Live and trade in it, and acquire property in it. Shechem also said to her father and to her brothers, If I find favor in your sight, then I will give whatever you say to me. Ask me ever so much bridal payment and gift, and I will give according as you say to me, but give me the girl in marriage. But Jacob's sons answered Shechem and his father Hamor with deceit, because he had defiled Dinah, their sister. They said to them, We cannot do this thing, to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised, for that would be a disgrace to us. Only on this condition will we consent to you, if you will become like us, in that every male of you be circumcised. Then we will give our daughters to you, and we will take your daughters for ourselves, and we will live with you and become one people. But if you will not listen to us to be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and go. Now their words seemed reasonable to Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. The young men did not delay to do the thing, because he was delighted with Jacob's daughter. Now he was more respected than all the household of his father. So Hamor and his son Shechem came to the gate of their city and spoke to the men of their city, saying, These men are friendly with us. Therefore let them live in the land and trade in it. For behold, the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters in marriage and give our daughters to them. Only on this condition will the men consent to us to live with us, to become one people, that every male among us be circumcised as they are circumcised. Will not their livestock and their property and all their animals be ours? Only let us consent to them, and they will live with us. All who went out of the gate of the city listened to Hamor and to his son Shechem, and every male was circumcised, all who went out of the gate of the city. 
Now it came about on the third day, when they were in pain, that two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, each took his sword and came upon the city unawares, and killed every male. They killed Hamor and his son Shechem with the edge of the sword, and took Dinah from Shechem's house, and went forth. Jacob's sons came upon the slain and looted the city, because they had defiled their sister. They took their flocks and their herds and their donkeys, and that which was in the city, and that which was in the field. And they captured and looted all their wealth and all their little ones and all their wives, even all that was in the houses. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have brought trouble on me by making me odious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And my men, being few in number, they will gather together against me and attack me, and I will be destroyed, I and my household. But they said, Should he treat our sister as a harlot? Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and live there, and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household, and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods which are among you, and purify yourselves, and change your garments, and let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods which they had, and the rings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was near Shechem. As they journeyed, there was a great terror upon the cities which were around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, that is, Bethel, which is at the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. He built an altar there, and called the place El Bethel, because there God had revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother. Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the oak. It was named Alan Bakuth. Then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padan Aram and he blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob. You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. Thus he called him Israel. God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come forth from you. The land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give it to you, and I will give the land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone, and he poured out a drink offering on it. He also poured oil on it. So Jacob named the place where God had spoken with him. Bethel. Then they journeyed from Bethel, and when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth, and she suffered severe labor. 
when she was in severe labor, the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for now you have another son. It came about as her soul was departing, for she died, that she named him Ben-Oni, but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. Jacob set up a pillar over her grave. That is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. Then Israel journeyed on and pitched his tent toward the tower of Edur. It came about while Israel was dwelling in that land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard of it. Now there were twelve sons of Jacob, the sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, then Simeon, and Levi, and Judah, and Issachar, and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, and the sons of Bilhah, Rachel's maid, Dan, and Naphtali, and the sons of Zilpah, Leah's maid, Gad, and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob, who were born to him in Padan Aram. Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre of Kiriath Arba, that is, Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned. Now the days of Isaac were one hundred and eighty years. Isaac breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, an old man of ripe age. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Now these are the records of the generations of Esau, that is, Edom. Esau took his wives from the daughters of Canaan, Ada, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and Aholibamah, the daughter of Anna, and the granddaughter of Zibion, the Hivite, also Basemath, Ishmael's daughter, the sister of Nebaioth. Ada bore Eliphaz to Esau, and Basemath bore Ruel, and Aholibamah bore Jush and Jalam and Korah. These are the sons of Esau who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Then Esau took his wives and his sons and his daughters and all his household and his livestock and all his cattle and all his goods which he had acquired in the land of Canaan and went to another land away from his brother Jacob. For their property had become too great for them to live together and the land where they sojourned could not sustain them because of their livestock. So Esau lived in the hill country of Seir. Esau is Edom. These then are the records of the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites, in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons. Eliphaz, the son of Esau's wife, Ada. Ruel, the son of Esau's wife, Basemeth. The sons of Eliphaz were Taman, Omar, Zepho, and Gatam, and Kenaz. Timnah was a concubine of Esau's son Eliphaz, and she bore Amalek to Eliphaz. These are the sons of Esau's wife, Ada. These are the sons of Ruel, Nahath, and Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These were the sons of Esau's wife, Basemeth. 
These are the sons of Esau's wife, Aholibama, the daughter of Anna, and the granddaughter of Zibion. She bore to Esau Jush and Jalam and Korah. These are the chiefs of the sons of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn of Esau, are Chief Taman, Chief Omar, Chief Zepho, Chief Kanaz, Chief Korah, Chief Gatam, Chief Amalek. These are the chiefs descended from Eliphaz in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Ada. These are the sons of Ruel, Esau's son. Chief Nahath, Chief Zerah, Chief Shammah, Chief Mizah. These are the chiefs descended from Ruel in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Esau's wife, Basemeth. These are the sons of Esau's wife, Aholibamah, Chief Jush, Chief Jalam, Chief Korah. These are the chiefs descended from Esau's wife, Aholibamah, the daughter of Anna. These are the sons of Esau, that is, Edom, and these are their chiefs. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, the inhabitants of the land, Lotan, and Shobal, and Zibion, and Anna, and Deshan, and Azer, and Deshan. These are the chiefs descended from the Horites, the sons of Seir in the land of Edom. The sons of Lotan were Hori and Himam, and Lotan's sister was Timnah. These are the sons of Shobal, Alvan, and Manahath, and Ebal, Shepho, and Onam. These are the sons of Zibion, Aya, and Anna. He is the Anna who found the hot springs in the wilderness when he was pasturing the donkeys of his father Zibion. These are the children of Anna, Deshan, and Oholibama, the daughter of Anna. These are the sons of Deshan, Hemdan, and Eshban, and Ithran, and Cheran. These are the sons of Azer, Bilhan, and Zeavan, and Akan. These are the sons of Deshan, Uz, and Aran. These are the chiefs descended from the Horites, Chief Lotan, Chief Shobal, Chief Zibion, Chief Anna, Chief Deshan, Chief Azer, Chief Deshan. These are the chiefs descended from the Horites, according to their various chiefs in the land of Seir. Now these are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the sons of Israel. Bela, the son of Beor, reigned in Edom, and the name of his city was Denhabah. Then Bela died, and Jobab, the son of Zerah of Bozrah, became king in his place. Then Jobab died, and Husham of the land of the Temanites became king in his place. Then Husham died, and Hadad, the son of Bedad, who defeated Midian in the field of Moab, became king in his place, and the name of his city was Avith. Then Hadad died, and Samla of Masrekah became king in his place. Then Samla died, and Shaul of Rehoboth on the Euphrates River became king in his place. Then Shaul died, and Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, 
became king in his place. Then Baal-Hanan, the son of Akbor, died, and Hadar became king in his place. And the name of his city was Pau. And his wife's name was Mehetabel, the daughter of Matred, daughter of Mezahab. Now these are the names of the chiefs descended from Esau, according to their families and their localities, by their names. Chief Timnah, Chief Alva, Chief Jeheth, Chief Oholibama, Chief Elah, Chief Pinan, Chief Kanaz, Chief Taman, Chief Mibzar, Chief Magdiel, Chief Iram. These are the chiefs of Edom, that is, Esau, the father of the Edomites, according to their habitations in the land of their possession. Psalm chapter 9 For the choir director On Muth Labim A Psalm of David I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before you. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne judging righteously. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy has come to an end in perpetual ruins, and you have uprooted the cities. The very memory of them has perished. But the Lord abides forever. He has established his throne for judgment, and he will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the peoples with equity. The Lord also will be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord, who dwells in Zion. Declare among the peoples his deeds. For he who requires blood remembers them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O Lord. See my affliction from those who hate me. You who lift me up from the gates of death, that I may tell of all your praises, that in the gates of the daughter of Zion I may rejoice in your salvation. The nations have sunk down in the pit which they have made. In the net which they hid, their own foot has been caught. The Lord has made himself known. He has executed judgment. In the work of his own hands, the wicked is snared. Higeon Selah The wicked will return to Sheol, even all the nations who forget God. For the needy will not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the afflicted perish forever. Arise, O Lord, do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that they are but men. Selah Okay, let's review what we saw today. So we come to the climax of Jacob and Esau coming together since the time that Jacob deceived him and Esau wanted to kill him. And so we see that 
Jacob made all these plans of building formations and companies of people to go before his family. And then he structures his family in such a way to where the ones that he least cared about were in the front, and the ones he wanted the most protected were in the back. So it's pretty obvious who he thought were his favorites. But regardless, when Esau saw him, it was as if there was nothing ever wrong. It appears that Esau forgave him a long time ago, after he saw that he had prospered, even though he didn't get the blessing. And so we see a tearful reunion between two brothers. But Jacob still was not going to take any chances, right? It says that he bowed down seven times. And typically, in this culture, the only people that you would bow down to seven times was a king. And so you can see Jacob was being very careful on how he approached Esau in case he was still angry and he was either hiding it or he did not want to provoke it from him. So Jacob insists on giving him these gifts and Esau is hesitant to take them because he's just happy to see his brother. But Jacob wants him to have it because he wants to prove to him that he wants to be peaceable with him and he doesn't want to anger him. But it appears that this reunion did not last very long, because Esau apparently wanted to travel with Jacob, I guess to catch up with him and get to know his family and everything. But Esau's suggestion that they travel together was refused by Jacob. And then he also recommended giving him some guards or some people of his own to protect them, and Jacob refused that as well. Instead, he said, well, I've got small children, I've got these young herds. If I push them too hard, they're just going to die. So go ahead without me. I'll catch up with you or I'll see you around sometime. But he doesn't meet up with Esau and he goes his own direction from there. And he seems to be content now that all his past issues have been put behind him. And now he can move forward in establishing his family elsewhere. Now, this will be the last time that we see Esau himself but as we saw from chapter 36, it goes through a lengthy genealogy of Esau himself. Even though he was not the chosen one for the line of the Christ, he still gets a footnote in the Bible because he is the son of Isaac. And we get to see how he was the father of the Edomites. And the Edomites are going to be enemies of Israel in the future, during the Exodus and onward. So when Rebekah received that prophecy that two nations were going to be born from her womb, that exactly is what happened. But they were not allies. They were enemies. And they were always at each other's throats throughout history. Then we come to chapter 34. And this chapter shows us what happens when you mess with Jacob's family. Jacob had a daughter named Dinah. We don't know if he had any other daughters but she is the only one mentioned by name in the Bible. But the story goes that she went in to see the other women of the land, and when the prince, the self-entitled jerk, saw her, he raped her. He didn't even ask for permission. He just took whatever he well pleased, regardless of the consequences or regardless of how Dinah felt. And during the process of all this, he had this sick affection for her, 
where maybe it was true infatuation, or he's kind of a maniac, we don't really know. But either way, he defiled Jacob's daughter. And Jacob heard about it, and he kept it quiet for a little while. And it seems his motivation was that he did not want to upset the people around him. You see that because of his response later on, and his sons don't agree with his decision. But when the blood brothers of Dinah heard about this, which were Levi and Simeon, they decided to get revenge. So they lied to Hamor and Shechem and said, well, you can have Dinah, that's fine. We can integrate with your people and your people can integrate with ours, but you all need to get circumcised. And once you get circumcised, then we'll be the same people. But it was all a ploy. He did this to them so that they would be weakened and vulnerable to attack. So as soon as they circumcised themselves and they were recovering from that, then it says they grabbed their swords and they went and they just slaughtered every man of that town and pillaged everything, the women and children and all the possessions. And then Jacob seems upset by it because you guys have embarrassed me and now everybody's going to know what kind of people we are and they're going to be made odious to us. He was suddenly concerned that this massacre would mean that the peace and security of his family were going to be found out by other people. But once his son said, hey, are you going to treat our sister like she's a prostitute? Like she's a harlot? You don't see him respond after that, so maybe he doesn't pursue it. And I might not just be seeing it at the moment, but that seems like a very weak response for what these guys did. You would think he would disown them or something far more harsh for the massacre of a whole people, but he's just like, hey, they're not going to like me very much after this. Really? I don't know. That seems like a very light response from Jacob, but nonetheless, that's what happened. And then in chapter 35, we see that Jacob is told by God to go to Bethel. And Bethel, if we forgot, is the place where the Lord first appeared to him. And when he appeared to him, he confirmed the covenant that he made with Abraham and Isaac, and it carried on to Jacob now. So he understands that going to Bethel is of spiritual significance. It's almost as if God is saying, it's time for you to come into my presence. And so he gets his house in order, and he does the right thing. Put away your foreign gods, and purify yourselves and change your garments, because we're going up to Bethel. We're going up to, as Jacob called it himself, the house of God. This spiritual truth is of great significance to us today as well. Do you see church the same way that Jacob saw Bethel? Because it's the same thing. The people in Israel would purify themselves and consecrate themselves and do everything they needed to do to be holy and acceptable in the sight of God before they approached the tabernacle, before they approached the temple. And in Jacob's case, none of those things existed yet. So he prepared his family to be pure and undefiled in the sight of God, going to Bethel. Do we see church with this intensity? This is how we should be seeing it, where we go to church expecting to meet God. That is exactly what is intended to happen there. You are to go because Jesus had promised 
that if two or three people were gathered in his name, that he would be with us in our midst. That means that he is there. That means he is an audience to the way that we act, the way that we speak to each other, the way that we worship. And if we're there to worship God, shouldn't we care to worship the way he desires to be worshipped? Otherwise, all we're doing is just pleasing ourselves, and that's not why we go to church. So let's think about that more carefully in the coming days. Do we treat our church as a form of holy ground, where we need to be careful to be pure and clean in the sight of our Lord? Now, the Lord obviously wants to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. It's not a geographical location where God wants to be worshipped. But at church, it's a special gathering of believers, of people that God has chosen for himself. And there are some responsibilities and considerations that should be made for that. Obviously, the way that we conduct ourselves should go way outside the walls of a church. But this is home base. This is headquarters. Shouldn't we be at our best behavior at church? Not in the sight of people, but in the sight of God. Think about that. So along the way, he goes to Bethel, he sets up an altar there, and then when they were leaving Bethel, Rachel was pregnant with Benjamin. She had complications in the pregnancy and in the labor, and then she died in childbirth. But Benjamin was born safely, and he is the final of Jacob's children. Then it says they traveled from Bethel to meet Isaac, and Isaac ended up living longer than his father did. He lived to be 180. And it says that both Jacob and Esau buried their father. So it appears that Esau came back one more time in order to put their father to rest. But that's the last time we see Esau from then on. All of chapter 36 is the genealogy of Esau, which we went over in great detail. But there's one name in here that is going to come back and be one of the darkest names in Israel's history, and that is Amalek. Again, the Edomites are going to be enemies of Israel from the Exodus onward, but there's going to be a special curse that is going to be placed upon the people of Amalek, the Amalekites. During the Exodus, they're going to have it out for Israel, and they're going to try and destroy them along the way. And God will pronounce a special curse on them, that if you even see an Amalekite, you kill them on sight. There are some people later on in history, such as King David, who meets an Amalekite, and he slays him right there. So it's safe to say that that curse never stops. But today, there are no more Amalekites that we know of. So that curse probably ended because the people that this applied to do not exist anymore. Psalm chapter 9 is another psalm that recognizes God as the righteous judge of the universe. And rightly so, because he is. He destroys the wicked. He exhorts the people to praise him. David calls upon God to destroy the wicked so that the righteous may be delivered. And we see that David has a proper understanding of the character of God, which we should too. And you'll see this description of God throughout the psalms as well where God is likened to a stronghold, to like a castle, to a fortress. So those who are being oppressed, those who are weak, 
those who are in trouble, they can run safely to God for refuge. And he will be an unshakable fortress that evil cannot enter. This is the truth of God. If you are safe in Christ because you depend on him, you rely on him, you trust him, he will defend you. That doesn't mean that your whole life is going to be perfect, but it is confidence that not only is your soul safe with God, that no one can touch it, your salvation is assured, but that if you are meant to live, you will be protected. Things won't always be easy, but you can rest assured that you have security in Christ. And that is comforting. So often we feel so unsafe in this world. We feel so lonely, and it's hard to know who to trust. But with God, we can always trust him. and He will never betray us, and he will never abandon us. And praise God for that. Our scripture to memorize today is going to be Psalm chapter 9, verse 9. The Lord also will be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. I recommend learning verse 10 as well, because it finishes the thought. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And with that, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.